0: So he's at the airport. They pull him aside when he checks in for his flight. And they say, um, sir, we're going to need to ask you uh, about blah, blah, blah. And he says, who? And they say, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's, apparently he stayed with you. And this is, this is quote unquote, Steve. So the name that we knew him by wasn't even his name. The, the person who he was, was on the Interpol most wanted list.
1: In this episode, we're gonna talk about why it's important to know where your country's consulate or embassy is in the country you are visiting, why having a tattoo of your country's flag might just be enough to prove your citizenship, and why keeping copies of your passport and other identification can prove to be very helpful. Hey, you never know when you may need to drop your drawers to show the tramp stamp tattoo of your country's flag to the embassy official to prove your citizenship. Just saying.
2: You're listening to the Travel Horror Stories
0: Podcast, a show that listens to real stories from travel bloggers and travelers
2: just like you.
0: Then we unpack those stories to discuss safety tricks, prevention treats, horror hacks, and follow-up tactics. The goal is to turn travel nightmares into dreams of beaches, sunshine, and margaritas.
1: And as always, you can head over to TravelHorrorStoriesPodcast.com for this and all the previous episodes, their show notes, and links to all the other places you enjoy listening to podcasts. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give the episode a five-star rating and leave a comment because that will help more people find the show.
0: And now, live from the Rudderless Travel Studio in downtown Toronto, Canada, here's your host, Christopher
1: The weather outside is blah. It's been loads of minus zero temperature and very few mild days. Great if you are a fan of winter, and after that record snowfall we had a few weeks ago, I'm sure you're beaming. However, if you're like me and not beaming, here to get us out of the cold, depressing weather is episode 35. So you know what that means. I have my good, 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 good friend, uh, Miss Nora Dunn. She's back once again to share one of her absolutely nutty, crazy 12 years of travel stories. And I'm I this is the one that I I mean, I've been waiting for all of them, but but this one is the one that I've been kind of like you know, WTF with this episode, <laughs> with this story. So uh, without further ado, Nora, how are you doing?
0: I am doing very well. Thank you very much for having me. And I hope, I just, I hope that I can live up to your WTF expectations for this <laughs> this
1: episode. Well, before, um, you know what, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, um, like, Nora and I like we're, we're dear friends, right? Like whenever we whenever we attend events and things like that, we're always hanging out, drinking beer, acting silly. And I've heard several stories from her, and but there's some stories that she's told me here that I'm just kind of like, wow, this woman never ceases to amaze me. There's always <laughs> like it's like this what has she not done? What has she not seen? Where has she not been? Um, what did she not experience? Like, I mean, you name it, she's probably done that or experienced that or went through that. Uh, and I mean, I'm learning a lot more about her, which is fantastic. And which also makes for good material on the podcast. But that aside, uh, if, if you haven't been listening to the first four episodes with Nora in them, uh, who is Nora Dunn and what is the professional hobo?
0: Well, uh. Wow. What is the professional hobo? There's an existential question, if ever I've uh, thought of one. Um, I have been, I did travel full-time for 12 years. Uh, I do have a, a home base back in my hometown of Toronto, Canada, uh, from which I continue to travel for about six months of every year. Uh, pandemics, of course, notwithstanding. Uh, <laughs> I, am, I am back in my home. I have been isolating. Uh, I, I returned from a winter abroad a little bit earlier than planned, so I could... Uh, endure the uh, the glories of uh, the pandemic, along with everybody else. <laughs> Uh, I will say there's a little bit of irony. I mean, I was very happily homeless for 12 years, proverbially speaking. And, uh, and, but, you know, certainly there came a time uh, when I needed to be back home again. I was, I was like, I really needed the familiarity and comfort of, uh, you know, a place where, you know, like my home country, where I share cultural and linguistic ties, uh, and also to have my own space and my own space that was irrefutably mine. Like I, I wouldn't, along the way, like I established a lot of home bases around the world but they were always ultimately other people's homes and when things went sour i was the one to leave so um (laughs) here i am uh and no one's (laughs) kicking me out and (laughs) which is fabulous because i think through this period of time i've realized how much you know like i am a walking cliche i am i am irony that's that's what i am because i traveled the world full time for 12 years (laughs) to discover the you know the the true meaning of the adage home sweet home (laughs) So here we are. Um, So that said, uh, I was not, you know, thank you very much for saying that I have been everywhere and done everything. Uh, I haven't, but I I have definitely lived more lives than many, uh, both predating my full-time travel career and post-dating it, uh, as you would. Um, and one of the things that we always do when you and I hang out together, the, 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 I, I've learned a little art. This is, is I, I'm a, I'm a drop a little nugget right here,
2: <laughs> oh, <no>. everybody. So <laughs> just, just hang on to your
0: seats. Um, when you travel and you come back home from your trip and people go, oh, how was your trip? Tell me all about it. They don't really mean it. <laughs> just just know that right off the bat, know that they yet yeah, that they're, they're genuinely interested in your trip. They're interested in like the 32nd version thereof. And That's when they true. say they want to see photos, they want to see like
2: Yes. That's true. (laughs) So
0: so don't start flipping through your phone, showing them all 300 photos from the last week. Don't try to give them a play by play of everything you saw and you did when you were away because their eyes will glaze over and they will lose interest. And uh, if they don't just, you know, walk away or change the topic on you. So um, I've learned this. And and so now what I do is I am a Totally work in little things into the oh, no, conversation no. right so we'll be talking about you know whatever we're talking about it's like a fairly innocuous thing I'll be like yeah yeah you know like so there was that time when I was in Switzerland and yeah something like that happened to me too you know oh but there was that time that you know I crashed my bike in <laughs> Grenada oh yeah there was that time I accidentally started an international NGO in Asia <laughs> Oh, yeah, that time I was in a Hollywood movie. Yeah, that was really cool. And, and I, don't, I don't do it to brag, although it may seem in the recounting right now, I really feel like I'm bragging, but I'm not. I, don't, I just do it to try to, you know, the experiences and stories that I, I you know, under normal circumstances might be invited to share. Um, I, I, I just drop it. I just drop the little line you know, and then I contextually work it into the conversation. There's always a reason why I'm dropping the little nugget. Right. So I'm always like, you know, that it, it, it's related to what we're talking about, but I don't go into it. Right. I just kind of drop it. I let it sit there. And then I see if anyone picks up on it. And you, my friend, have picked up on almost every little nugget I've dropped. This is why I'm here today and have been here four times before today. Because I would drive, you know, we'd be talking about, you know, crazy things that have happened on the road. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, that time my passport was stolen by a con man. Yeah. That's what we're talking about today, baby. Oh, Yeah.
1: Yes, and,
0: and <laughs> See, there's and my just, nugget. Did you guys catch yeah. that? That was my nugget.
1: <laughs> well played, well played. <laughs> and and just and just for the record, um, Grenada story. That's episode twenty five. And 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 uh, what, what else you referenced? Um, uh,
0: I didn't even mention the natural disasters and the tropical oh, yes. diseases. But those are that's in there too. Yeah,
1: that's right. Episode, I believe. Uh, 15 is <laughs> <It's> Natural Disasters, <laughs> episode uh, 20, 25, I don't know. You know, uh, honestly, it's it's a ride. It's a ride. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, the, the question, though, is, and I'm all for, because, you know, I'm one of those people, like, when someone comes back, and my brother, I mean, I love him, but he's the worst for that. So if you ask him how was his trip, he mm-hmm. will go into, because, I mean, he's a lawyer, so... He talks. He can gab. Say no more. <laughs> so, you know, so he'll go into from the time that he left his house, what the cab ride was to the airport, the airport flight all the way to. Like, he'll go into detail about everything. And uh, and then when you ask him to see some pictures, oh, he'll whip out the phone. He'll oh, show you that. 30 pictures. Yeah. You know, he's one of those Facebook posters that post like 50 pictures of your trip. You know, and uh, yeah, so I, I tried to let them know, you know, you don't know all that much information. Uh, but, you know, whatever. It is <laughs> you what it is. know what I
0: try to tell these people? Start a blog.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Exactly.
0: If you need to get it out, get it out on a blog, put it in out there to the ether, and if people are legitimately interested, they'll come and read.
1: They'll show up. Yeah. I started my
0: blog for just exactly that reason. Like, back in the pioneer days of 2006, blogging was not an industry. There was no reason for someone to start a blog other than to basically have a glorified online journal. And I knew that I didn't want to send, like, weekly emails to my family and friends, because that was... that was the way you stayed in touch back then. It's 2006, man. That was a long time ago.
1: I was trying to be generous. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I didn't want to I didn't want to occupy people's inboxes because it was like, well, if you're not interested in hearing, I don't want to be that person who's sending, you know, you and 50 other of my closest friends things that you're not interested in reading. So I thought, no, I'll, I'll do this for me. I'll start a blog. I'll put it out there. And then anyone who's interested can tune in. And it was only ever really meant for family and friends. But, uh, well, the rest is history. We won't get into that today. <laughs> but but <laughs> hubbo.com And you, too, can read all my horrible stories back, dating back to 2006.
1: But I, you know what? Sh- I would
0: sh- highly advise you not check out the earlier days. I call that my blue period. My oh, writing no. has gotten much better since then. <laughs> Just click on latest posts. You'll be happy.
1: But you know what? You do you do you do talk about some very important stuff. You talk about finance financial stuff versus travel and travel with finance and finance with travel and, and, and
0: <laughs> Well I am the know, finance of travel girl, so that's Exactly.
1: And yeah, and those things are important. Because, you know, like it or not, unless you're a millionaire, you're going to need to properly finance if you want to travel. So, therefore, yeah. they sort of go hand in hand. Uh, there's one thing I wanted to ask you about when you bring up these things in conversations. Mm-hmm. Are you that kind of person that uses that voice? Like, it's, it's what, that, that voice. That one time
0: at Bandcamp, camp? Like that voice?
1: <laughs> no, no. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you use that voice, then I'm leaving. But, um... <laughs>
0: And no. this podcast is over. Boom.
1: No, yeah. Click. No, but <laughs> that voice where, um, and, and I've been guilty for doing this. It's like, so someone will be like, uh, oh, Chris, I, I like your satchel. Oh, that thing. Well, I was on a <laughs> trip in Istanbul and I was walking through the Grand Bazaar and there was this satchel that just spoke to me. It said, Chris, buy me, buy me. So I said, Okay, what is this? Oh, a hundred and fifty year old for this soft skin, lamb style leather. I've got to have it. And that's where I got it from amongst the spice racks and the beautiful senses of the Grand Bazaar in Istanbul. That's where I got this satchel. Thank you so much for liking it. It's like that voice. I, I mean, that whole thing with the satchel, I've actually done that story. I'm just, oh my God. not in that voice. <laughs> but I do have a satchel from Istanbul, and I did launch into that, and then I realized people were giving me this look like, "Whoa, dude, <laughs> calm down." <Our laughs>
0: well, that's, for, for anyone who's listening right now. That is the look on my face as well. Whoa, dude, that's whoa, that dude. Uh, I have no words for that. Um, do I do that? Okay, well let me let me take a real hard, honest look at myself and say no, no. <laughs> I don't do that, <laughs> but what I do do, uh, is I, I will, you know, if I have said satchel, uh, hanging gloriously from my, um, <clears throat> shoulder, uh, I, and they say, Hey, i like your satchel. I'll say, thanks. I got it in Istanbul. Full stop. Right. So there's my nugget, right? So then if they want to know all about the Grand Bazaar and the sights and smells, then they can ask me about it.
1: But uh... other than that, i will be
0: like, yeah, I got it in Istanbul.
1: Boom. Right. So I'm that person that you're referring <laughs> to.
0: Listen, I have been that person. This is how I've learned. It's okay, Padawan. You will get there too.
1: <laughs> yes, Obi Wan Kenobi.
2: I was
0: going for Yoda, but sure.
2: All right, fair enough. <laughs> mm. Mm. Episode
1: continue now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yeah. The train's gone. Okay, so uh, <laughs> talk the tracks uh, right. already. Let's go.
2: <laughs> all right, so we,
1: we introduced you. We did that. Okay, where are we now? Oh yeah, we could get into game. your story. Oh yeah, right. I play so, game. Right. So um, <laughs> thank you for reminding me. She knows the format of this show better than I do. Okay, <laughs> so um, all right. So I mean, I, I didn't want to bring up the game really because I sort of felt sorry for you because I mean at this <sighs> point it's already three to four so I mean even if you did win I still won but you know what I don't want to brag like you know a person who would brag about their satchel in Istanbul or something like that (laughs) Um, but you know the game is an integral part of the show because it you know it creates these little mini stories which I absolutely love and I'm always open to learning more about you so let's play the game. Uh, what do you got for me? We got—we're gonna play three stories, two truths, one lie. Uh, Nora is going to give me three stories. Two of them are going to be true. One of them's going to be a lie, and I'm going to try to guess which one is the lie.
0: <laughs> and thank you very much for giving me a chance, giving me the opportunity to narrow the gap that exists <laughs> between you and I. I'm hoping that by the end of today, I will have two victories to my name, to your three victories as opposed to the three one we've currently got. And actually, I'm pretty sure it's gonna work today. Here we go. Okay, all right. All right, all right. so as per, I, I do, I always choose a theme. So I'm choosing a theme. It's gonna be quick and dirty, right? So <laughs> listen really carefully because this is it, right here, you ready? Okay. Three places that I have spent at least a month in. Okay, Gosh. three, okay. not even three places, three types of accommodation that I've spent at least a month in. Ready? Yep. One, yurt. Two, castle. Three, chalet.
1: Go. Oh, man. Ha. All right, so I think I, for no reason other than because I really don't know, uh, for some reason I could see you staying in a castle. (laughs) Um, For some reason I could see you staying in a chalet. For some reason, I can't see you staying in a yurt. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with the yurt.
0: I win! I win! I oh! win! I win! I win! Yeah!
1: All right. All right. Okay, so which one is a lie? The castle.
0: I did stay oh! in a castle in Ireland, but only for a couple of days. The others ah. were months. Oh, so gosh. the yurt the yurt was in Hawaii it was my first work trade gig where i was volunteering and trade for free accommodation on an off grid permaculture property i had my own sero ferment Ferro cement, ferro cement yurt, 150 yards across the lava from like the most tumultuous sea uh, I'd seen in ever at the time. Wow, uh, so that was lot. that was epic. That was an epic form of accommodation that was wow. both uh, dreamy and horrible at the same time. But that's a different horror story. We're not talking about that today.
2: <laughs>
0: the castle was in Ireland, but it was only for a few days, and the chalet was when I was house sitting. Again, staying somewhere and trade for free accommodation. Do we see a theme here? Uh, In Switzerland, it was literally a Swiss Alpine chalet. It could not have gotten better than where I was. In fact, actually, that house sitting gig was epic because not only did I have the chalet, but I also had uh, a a large house in Zurich and use of the car. There were no pets. (sighs) All I had to do was water the plants, check the mail, and be wherever I wanted to be for that entire three months I spent in. switzerland i it was yeah there's no horror in that store and let me tell you it was awesome but the theme here and the shameless plug that's about to um ensue starting
1: right now no shameless plug i was actually going to ask you do you have a book that talks about these (laughs) um, (laughs) accommodations so no shameless plug just go ahead
0: (laughs) why yes thank you for asking i actually do have a book about that Hold on. Hold on. I need to put on my my Istanbul satchel voice. It's called How to Get Free Accommodation Around the World, and it details how I saved over $100,000 on accommodation using five different special techniques around the world. Next up yeah. on lifestyles of the rich and not so famous.
1: Yeah, now I can actually see how bad that sounds. Okay, so <laughs> so talk about your book in a normal voice, so people might actually want to buy it, because <laughs> I wouldn't want to buy it if I heard talking, someone talking to me like that. So okay, so normal voice. Uh, Tell us about your book.
0: (laughs) My my book is called How to Get Free Accommodation Around the World for the Cost of Less Than a Cheeseburger. You will learn how to save... um, a ton of money. I mean, you'll, you'll make that back on your first night of free accommodation. I literally, I'm not joking. I did save over a hundred thousand dollars on accommodation expenses during my full-time travel career. And it came with the extremely important added benefit of, um, me being able to travel slowly to manage, uh, an online business and to get a slice of local life. I had experiences by virtue of the free accommodation I was staying in that I would never have uh, even come close to having if I were traveling in a more traditional way. Uh, So, hence the, you know, learning to live off the grid in Hawaii, hence the house sitting in Switzerland, hence leading eco-tracks on llamas in Australia, Uh, hence (laughs) managing a retreat center in New Zealand, hence, there are many hences here. I lived on boats in the Caribbean for three months, not a night on land. All of this was for free. And uh, if you can already tell, the the nature of the accommodation is uh, far from budget, you definitely not i mean it depends on the gig but i never had to sacrifice comfort um or or personal space uh if i was unprepared to so uh, i mean i've stayed in some absolutely gorgeous places around the world all for free so if you go to my site the professionalhobo.com you you'll follow lynch you'll see it soon enough how to get free accommodation around the world <laughs>
1: Awesome. That's fantastic. And just for the record, for those who might not know, uh, because here in uh, Ontario, uh, we have uh, some of our provincial parks. You can stay in a yurt uh, on some of the provincial parks. I've never done it, but I have friends who have. Uh, So just out of curiosity, what's a yurt?
0: a yurt is a circular structure initially uh, of i i believe of a mongolian origin when i think of yurts i think of the 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 nomads of mongolia Mm, who basically it's a uh, there's a temporary house um and and it's round now Mm. that that concept has been taken all over the world uh there are and there is something poetic and beautiful about living in a round dwelling i don't know i can't explain it it's awesome although admittedly it's kind of a waste of space because you know there's not a lot of round furniture out there so (laughs) this you learn to appreciate corners in a whole new way when you're living in a round place but that said there is there's a magic to, to being in a yurt so yeah if you ever get a chance to stay in a yurt i highly recommend it
1: awesome very cool Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. So you've you've you know narrowed the gap a little bit. Uh, well played. Well played. That was good. <laughs> that was sneaky. That was quick. That was fast. That was probably the quickest game I ever played. Okay, um, <laughs> and lost too. <laughs> So I've been, I've been. The, I, I have to admit, the last couple of episodes, I was like, "Is this gonna be the passport story? Oh No, it's the, it's the motorcycle accident story. All right, fine. I guess we got away.
0: <laughs> oh, oh
1: sorry to disappoint. No I'm, ch- no, I'm <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, I mean the motorcycle story was absolutely crazy. So let's get into this passport story. <laughs> Were were you you in the middle of your travels? Were you already in the 12-year thing? I I would imagine. So where where were you off to? What was going on? Like, yeah, so give us the details.
0: All right, the details. Uh, I had a home base in Grenada in the Caribbean at the time. So this is, uh, if we're following the the episodes that I've been recording with you, we have been moving chronologically. Uh, And so this happened about eight months after uh, maybe six months eight months, eight months after uh, I was in the near fatal accident. So this, right. this is, uh, I, I've now, uh, largely recovered. My reverse Mohawk has largely grown in and my, uh, partner at the times, um, fractured hip and dislocated femur has largely healed. Uh, well, uh, sort of, he would eventually get a hip replacement, but he was, he was moving and he was, he was moving on a cane at the time.
1: <clears throat> you said this is six months later.
0: 8 months later. 8 months after eight the months accident. Later.
1: Okay, okay. All
0: right. So, I have the home base in Grenada. Now, Every home base that I've had when I've traveled full-time has not meant that I've not been mobile. In fact, in some cases, I've been more mobile than when I haven't had a home base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Grenada is no exception. So I head off to do a sponsored trip through Europe. Uh, I cover off eight countries in three weeks. It's a frenetic pace, uh, but one that I enjoy very much because, of course, it gives me uh, an opportunity to hit the road. It's it's my first real... Um, Travel experience since the accident. I had been I had been to the states to uh, to get some extra tests done. I'd been back to Toronto to visit family and friends, and also to attend a travel conference. But this was my first like proper travel experience since the accident. So I, I'm off to Europe, uh, and uh, and very grateful for the experience. <clears throat> oh, by the way, I think when we did the illness one, I mentioned chikungunya. That I actually had that in there. It was a mosquito-borne disease. But we won't talk about that. I'm
2: no, you didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, see, there you go. There's, there's a little nugget. Boom.
1: Um, Season two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I managed to get over that. That was, that was a, a slight setback. But I, I did the trip, and uh, my partner, who had remained back in Grenada, um, had plans to. Um, meet me in Europe at the end of my trip. And we were gonna have some time in Europe together uh, and some much deserved. He, he had a business that he uh, needed to attend to, but then we also needed some time ourselves to enjoy the travel experience. So before he leaves to come join me in Europe, he, he we have a, a call and he says, look, I have a friend of a friend who needs a place to stay. And I know the friend that to whom he's referring. I don't know the friend of the friend. Uh, and he says, look, he's, is you know, my friend says he's an upstanding guy. He's visiting from uh, Ireland. He needs uh, a, a place to stay. He's he's come to Grenada to buy a boat. And can, uh, you know, how do you feel about us letting him stay in our place while we're in Europe? And I hearken back to all the times when people have opened up their homes and hearts to me. Mm. All the number of times that I've been a house sitter for people who... Th- are largely complete strangers to me before I show up on their doorstep. And then they leave me to tend to, uh, their homes, their pets, their plants, uh, and their, their treasured possessions. You know, I think of the number of times through, you know, house sitting, uh, through hospitality exchanges and couch surfing. Again, people have opened up their homes and hearts to me and often left me in their places, uh, you know, unattended, uh, and, I wanted to give back. I thought this is a great opportunity for me to give back. So I said, absolutely. Have him, you know, if if your friend, you know, stands up for him, says he's a good guy, let's do this. <clears throat> so uh, that happens. So the, uh, the fellow, I, I, I don't even remember his name anymore. Well, there's a reason why I don't remember his name because his name wasn't actually his name. So we're gonna call mm. him Steve.
1: <laughs> oh no.
0: <laughs> so Steve oh, oh, is there when we get back from Europe. And Steve is a lovely guy. He's, I mean, he immediately endears himself 100% to both my partner and I. I mean, he is, he's funny, he's charming. I happen to love the Irish accent. I think it's one oh, of the one of the most I delightful accents in the world. My I mean,
1: this, favorite accent. Totally. I know. I it's great.
0: It. It's that sing-songy, Lil yes. I mean, I could hear him talk about anything for hours. And I would love it. And so I, as it happens uh, shortly after we, uh, the plan is of course that uh, a couple of days after we get back, he's going to move on. Um, and, but he asks us, he says, look, I've been a little set back. Uh, the, the, I've been waiting for my money to be transferred over from Ireland. It's not arrived yet. So I can't buy the boat yet. Is there any chance I can stay a little longer with you two? And we said, absolutely. We'd love the company. So uh, and he was easy. He was easy. He was great company. He was easy to take care of. He was so. For the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, we all cohabited uh, wonderfully. <clears throat> then a day came when when um, my partner asked me. He said, "Look, Steve asked me something today, and he asked me to ask you this." And I was like, "Why isn't Steve asking me this himself?" And I'm like, "Okay, whatever, whatever. <laughs> what? What? What is it?" He's like, "Well." <clears throat> He still doesn't have the money from ireland and um well he wants to ask you for money can you lend him some money oh no now i had a red flag at this stage of the game i'm like mm, ye, yeah. yeah no <laughs> no uh look I, I and i and i i said to my partner i said no i i i said i don't have the money to lend uh i i i i we can offer him our home. We can feed him. We can take care of him until his money comes through, but I'm not going to lend. I mean, I don't know him from a hole in the ground. So, uh, right. you know, as much as I feel like he's, you know, our bosom buddy at the moment, I'm gonna draw the line there. Yeah. So, Um, and, and Steve and I never really talk about this. There's a little bit of tension I noticed for the next couple of days. Mm. And Steve makes a comment to me. He says, look, you know, I understand. Uh, He said, I'm kind of in trouble. He said, but I understand why you don't want to help me. Mm." And I'm like, okay. Uh, and I'm sorry you're in trouble, but you know, you can stay with us as long as you need to. And, uh, until you can sort this out and you know, we will support you that way. And a little more time goes by, and finally he, he says he's managed to uh, get a friend of his in Ireland to wire him some other money. Uh, so apparently his, his boat money still hasn't come through, but, the, you know, he's got some other money, and he's going to fly back to Ireland to figure out what's going on with the rest of his money. <clears throat> so he has, he has plane fare. And off he goes. Now, I'm just going to pause the story very briefly here to um, provide a a little detail, uh, which is that my partner and I, in the meantime, sold our car. Uh, it was not a hugely expensive car. It was just a used car that we had, but we'd sold it, uh, and uh, for cash. Everything in, in Grenada, is generally speaking, is is cash, right. and uh, we were going to yeah. use that cash uh, for a few things. Not the least of which was an upcoming trip to Panama, where uh, we had a house sitting gig. Okay. <clears throat> so, I had the cash stashed in a few different places around the house. <laughs> Is that a little bit of foreshadowing for you? You know where this one's going yet? Okay.
1: I think so, but...
0: So, Steve, we drive Steve to the airport with, with hugs and kisses and joy, and we'll see you someday before too long. Bon voyage. And we get back home. And uh, it's, it's, I guess it's the next day that I'm starting to pack for our trip to Panama. We're leaving in three days, four days for Panama. Uh, it's a Thursday. And I go to my passport wallet, and it's gone. Oh, no. Now, my passport wallet had my passport and almost half of the money in it and i'm like oh my god i've i've lost my where where would i've put my pa- i only ever put my passport in one place if it's not here where is it and yeah. i think of the last time i had it and the last time i had it was a, a few days prior when i'd put the money in there so it was there a few days prior i'd put the money in there and i'm like oh, what what's happened here okay um and i'm thinking about the passport and i'm thinking about the money right so i go to the other hiding spots for the money it's all gone <laughs> I oh. hid it, I'd it. hidden the money in three different rooms in three different very <sighs> hidden places. He found them all. So quickly I start to piece together what's happened. He had a very short period of time to himself <sighs> on the morning that he left. So on the morning that he left in that p- very short period of time that he had when my partner and I were outside, He would have gone to all the money stashes, stashing spots and taken it all, including the passport. Now, if I had to hazard a guess, he didn't care about the passport, but he only had a short amount of time and he needed the money. Well, he wanted the money and he took it. So I didn't, I didn't lend him the money, but I paid for it either way. So that was, and that was about. $3,000 that, that was gone there. So $3,000 and no passport. Uh, and I'm going to Panama in four days.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Now this is, this is uh, weird. This is painful. I can tell you're in pain. You're making definitely sounds of pain. Yeah.
1: Because, Hang on because to your horses. Oh, please.
0: <laughs> There's more.
1: Oh no. Because, <laughs> because that right there is one of my biggest fears is yes. obviously it's everyone's biggest fear is losing their passport because that is your way home right yes, 100% um, my, my second worst would be my camera gear like getting that <laughs> stolen or my computer yep. or my money so yep. that's like literally everything gone yep like, well bam, and bam. i mean
0: thank goodness at least i had my computer thank goodness at least i had some other forms of id Oh because I would gosh. need all of that in order to do what I had to do in the days to follow. Now, Grenada is a small island, and there is no Canadian consulate or embassy on the island. The nearest right. Canadian embassy uh, is in Barbados, which is okay. a, an hour and a half flight away.
1: Ooh. Woo! Woo! I'm, <laughs> so. I'm I'm saying that because I'm Bayesian. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: my, okay, my par- there you go. My parents are from Barbados. That's the reason why. I, I'm, have you been? I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. But I was a kid, like younger when I was there. Uh, I definitely need to go back now as an adult and as a travel blogger.
0: Totally. Totally. You'd be like the prodigal son. That'd be awesome. I want to read that. I love it.
1: I have family there. But anyways, yes. So carry on.
0: (laughs) So uh, there are a few things that I uh, heard. I knew I was going to have to get a new passport quick, fast. And there were a few things that I had heard along the way. Uh, uh, with regards to replacing a passport on an emergency basis, and one of the things that I had heard, and I don't know whether or not this is true, so anybody who's listening, please don't follow this advice, <laughs> <laughs> because the thing that I had heard was, if you need to get your passport replaced, it really fast in an emergency, say that you lost it, don't say that it was stolen, because if you say that it was stolen, it 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 um <clears throat> it triggers a whole other process or set uh, of processes that you would have to fulfill in order to get the passport back. Whereas if you just say you lost it and that's it either way, right. you have to fill out a police report. Okay. So, uh, first things first, I call the consulate in Barbados and they say, uh, I, and, and I say, oh, I lost my passport and I'm going to Panama in four days. Oh yeah. And by the way, it's a, like, it's right before a weekend, right? So nobody's open on the Saturday and Sunday. Oh Sundays, no. Right? Oh my gosh. So yeah, and it's Friday, I think, right now. And and I said, I've got to be in Panama on on Monday. I I have a house sitting gig. And she said, Yeah, you're not going to Panama. And I was like, what? <laughs> Don't tell me I'm not going to Panama because, you know, I have a responsibility as a house sitter, right? The, 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 the homeowners in Panama are going away themselves and I, oh. you know, they can't cancel their trip cause I can't make it to them. So I, I'm freaking out because of my, my responsibility to be in Panama and I'm freaking right. out because they've just told me I have to cancel my trip and I'm freaking out cause I don't have the passport and $3,000. Yeah. So, oh my gosh.
2: Wow.
0: So I, they said, yeah, it's going to be weeks. Uh, basically what you have to do, you have to fill this in, you have to do that. Then you're gonna have to fly over here and you're going to have to do this and that. And yeah, it's going to be a minimum of three weeks before you can get an emergency replacement passport. And then you're going to have to wait another six weeks or something. And then you're going to have to go into the consulate in Panama and pick up your official new passport. And I'm like, "Mm, I want no part of any of this. (laughs) But what I do know, what I do know... Is that if I can get an emergency travel document, if I can get a document that allows me to get on an airplane and get back to Canada, that Monday morning I could rush a new passport, get it in 24 hours, and be on a plane on Tuesday morning. Now I would be a little bit late for my house sitting gig, but it would only be like a day a day late, right. and it would totally be doable and then I could resume my plans. So off I go to the police station to fill out the police report saying that my passport has been quote unquote lost. I felt very bad about this. I am not someone who lies. And I, I had to go on record saying I lied. The If, if you are the official in Grenada, I, yeah, I don't know what to say.
1: She was um, just following bad advice from I was
0: just else. following bad advice. <laughs> what can i say and this is so if you read about this story on my website you're not going to read this story because the story that i published was that it was stolen uh, uh ah. lost stolen i don't i don't remember whatever i published on my website was
1: you better go check <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't even remember anymore. I definitely don't talk about the con man. I don't talk about any of that. That was, that's, so this is, you're getting an exclusive scoop right now. Exclusive, the the exclusive con man. That was Steve who stole my passport and
1: $3,000. Love it. Thank you.
0: So I, I basically, I hustle all of that Friday. I hustle hard, hard, back and forth to the immigration office to get everything that I need to get and they you know they tell me and of course bureaucracy is alive and well in Grenada as it is in many countries so you know they would tell me oh well you need this this and this you know you need this photo and you need this and, da, 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 da. and then I go away and get it and then I go back to them and they're like no, no 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 no, you need this and this and this and I'd run away and get it and, da, 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 da. and all the meanwhile too I also had to find an airline that would let me fly back to Toronto on uh, on an emergency passport because not all airlines will allow me to fly that way And, and there were no direct flights. So I had to fly from Miami. So I had to make sure that they were going to let me through. And all of this is being done on Friday before the end of business. So my final trip to the immigration office, I have an interview with the guy. This is the guy who's going to give me the document. All of my, my eyes have been dotted. My T's have been crossed. I just need the document. And I'm literally minutes to spare before the close of business on Friday. And I'm supposed to get on a plane on Saturday. And he looks over my file and he looks at me and he looks over my file and he looks at me and he says, I don't believe you.
1: Oh, stop. And I was like, What do you
0: mean you don't believe me? He said, he said, you've got copies of your passport. You've got like photographs and uh, photocopies and photographs of your passport. You're really, you've, you are really organized. You're too organized to have lost your passport. I don't believe you lost it. And I'm like, oh, he's caught me. This is, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to, what am I, what am I, ah, ah, and, (laughs) And I'm like I just want to go home. I just please just let me go home. Please just let me go home. I just want to go home. Look, I'll tell you what. And 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 <laughs> my saving grace is my tattoo.
1: Really? Stop. So, <laughs> oh
0: my god. <laughs> before I left Canada, you know, a decade prior, I got a tattoo. Now, I didn't realize at the time that it was called a tramp stamp. <laughs> <laughs> But apparently I thought it was like a decorative tribute to my Canadian heritage that just happened to be on my lower back. And it was only long after I got the tattoo that I was told that that was indeed a tramp stamp. So I have a tramp stamp on my lower back that to me is a lovely visual, symbolic representation of the mountains and ocean with a little Canadian maple leaf uh, in the middle. So, I don't have the flag, but I have the maple leaf, right? So, and my, 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 I, I mean, I did it because it was kind of like a tribute to my heritage, but I also did it. I used to joke that if I was robbed of everything I owned and I woke up on a beach without anything, some morning, you know, without anything to my name, at least I could stumble into the nearest embassy and show them my tattoo and start the process of For getting, you course. know, my identification back. <laughs> so I said, oh, I said, gosh. you can't. I'm not, I'm Canadian. You gotta let me look. I'll tell you what, I have a tattoo. I have a tattoo on my lower back, and it's a Canadian oh, flag gosh. or it's a maple leaf. And if I weren't Canadian, I wouldn't have that. Let me show. And I turn around and I drop my pants and I lift my shirt <laughs> and I show him this tattoo.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: And I turn around and I'm like super distraught and he's got this look on his face like he doesn't know what to make of what's just happened like did this did this girl really just drop her pants and show me her tattoo yes she did and and I can tell there's like there's like this almost imperceptible smile that he's hiding on this oh one like my he's gosh. like he's he, he's showing me that he actually has a sense of humor and and he says okay and he signs the paper <laughs> and he gives it to
1: me wow <laughs> i'm getting a tattoo of a of a maple leaf on my arm immediately <laughs>
0: You never know when it will come in handy.
1: Oh, my gosh. What the hell are the odds?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the next morning, I'm on a plane to Canada. They, of course, pull me aside in Miami for questioning. So I end up having to go through um, the whole rigmarole. I'm ready to drop drawers again and show the tattoo. But luckily, I don't have to. They're just... (laughs) asking me enough questions to know I'm prepared
1: I'm, I'm wearing sweatpants for easy access just in <laughs> case there is a need for me to show my tattoo I'll be ready <laughs>
0: uh, and and ultimately well I would say all's well that ends well it and it ultimately is but there's one little um appendix to this story and it's that while I am uh, in Canada getting, for the weekend, getting my new um, tattoo, um, tattoo, my new passport.
1: <laughs> what, are you getting a tattoo of a beaver this time? Yeah. Let's, let's just solidify
0: yeah, no, that to the world be.
1: that I'm Canadian.
0: <laughs> no, while I'm getting my new passport... Uh, my partner, of course, remains back in Grenada and uh, he is, he's keeping the ticket that he already has directly to Panama. So I'm, I'm supposed to meet him in Panama, but he's so outraged. We haven't, when I filed the police report, I didn't mention the, the, the loss of the money. Right. I only mentioned that I had lost my passport and I was willing to not mention the money because that would confuse things too much because how could I lose money as well? Right. Uh, right. uh, the money was, was stolen through and through. So my partner of his own volition decides to walk into the police o- uh, office and, um, m- put through a report for the stolen money. Right. So when he is at the airport, <laughs> He gets notification, how did this, I don't even, oh my gosh, I'm just remembering something else. So we got notification, I don't remember if this was, I must have been back in Canada. We get notification that he is, oh, that was right, yes, so he's at the airport, they pull him aside when he checks in for his flight, and they say, um, sir, we're going to need to ask you uh, about blah, blah, blah. And he says, who? And they say, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's apparently, he stayed with you. And this is, this is oh, quote, unquote, Steve. So yes. the name that we knew him by wasn't even his name. The, the person who he was, was on the Interpol most wanted list <gasps> for oh, crimes s- in Europe. Crimes which shall, uh, we were never fully apprised of the crimes that he was wanted for, but if he's on the Interpol list, it's not good.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: So he had, unbeknownst to us, when he tried to get on a plane in Grenada, they stopped him there and they'd put him in jail in Grenada. But we didn't know that at the time. Wow. So when my partner got on his flight to, uh, he he had a layover in Trinidad because there was no time for him to get questioned by Interpol in Grenada. So uh, the Interpol was waiting for him in Trinidad to question him about this guy and about, about the state. So by this stage of the game, I have to say, so that that's, that that's really the whole story in a nutshell, but I have to say by the end, I kind of felt in really kind of a twisted way honored I don't know if that's right, but you know what? It's like if I'm going to be had, I want to be had by a full-on con man who's on the Interpol most wanted list. Like if my passport and $3,000 are going to go anywhere, I want it to go to like a super crazy cause. And indeed it did. I never saw the money again. I assume that if he got thrown in jail that the money was seized. But uh, I certainly never saw it again. And uh, <laughs> oh all is gosh. well that ends well. I did get the new passport. I did make it to Panama, uh, and uh, I, you know what to do. Uh, thank God I had the tattoo. Right.
1: I guess, I mean, usually at the ending of the show, we like to give tips. I guess tattoo is one of them. So make sure, <laughs> make sure to tattoo something. Get yourself a tramp stamp. <laughs> yeah, a tramp stamp of something that's symbolic of your country. Get that. that. So for Americans, get an eagle. If you're from, I don't know, uh, Belgium, get a waffle. I'm not sure. Just, just <laughs> get, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. That That's, wow. Uh, okay. Okay. So you did you did talk about some of the tips because I've heard that before. So, um, so you're not I mean you're not expecting to get robbed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but how do you prepare yourself? Let's talk about things that you would have done. Let's just do a hindsight is twenty twenty type of thing. So, what did you learn from this? Um, and you know what are you glad that you did? And you know what would you have done differently? And, you know, basically what did you learn from this? I heard you say some stuff because I heard people say to photocopy your passport and, you know, have a copy of and all those kind of things. So, uh, so yeah. So what do you think? What, what, what do you feel you did right? What would you have done differently? And, you know, what did you learn from this experience?
0: So I, being a former financial planner, I, I guess the planner in me never died. And, uh, I'm grateful for that because, uh, on my website too, I write about these kinds of things a lot. I write about all the, the kind of boring things that you need to be aware of. You know, how do you properly prepare for travel? What sort of things do you need to have organized? How do you organize them? How do you get back, create backups of backups of backups? So I am the backup queen. Uh, and I believe in having multiple ways to access all of your information. So some people like to email copies of their their passport and their their credit cards and whatnot. They like to email it to themselves so they have it that way. That's not secure enough for me. I don't I don't think that that's a I mean it's just too easy for email to get hacked and then all of your personal information is hacked. So right. I True. have a couple of other ways of making sure that um no matter what the circumstances are, uh, I I'll be okay. And, and ultimately they did save me, uh, almost a little too well, because of course the dude <laughs> in Grenada didn't believe that I was capable of losing a passport because I was so prepared. <laughs> <laughs> and what this is is there's a few things I do. The first thing I do, a passport, uh, all identification, credit cards, bank cards, everything gets copied. Uh, and all of those copies are left with somebody at home before I go away. So okay. physical copies of everything are with somebody at home that way, including travel insurance especially travel insurance that way if for whatever reason I'm incapacitated and I need somebody to advocate on my behalf I can call I can make that emergency call to somebody at home and they can start putting the wheels in motion for whatever needs to be done because they have all of my information and power of attorney but that's a separate separate
2: Ooh. story Brilliant
0: then I have, uh, copies Then I have something I it's, it's, I've patented it. Well, I haven't actually patented it, but it's patented as far as, you know, you and I are concerned and it's called the <laughs> USB stick trick. Ooh. And what I do is I have, uh, photographs of, again, all of my ID, my bank cards, my photo, and I keep them on an encrypted program on a USB stick. Okay. And this USB stick is kept separate from everything else on travel days. I keep it in a little underclothes pocket with uh, often with a spare credit card and 20 bucks. Oh. And that is underneath my clothes again, so if for whatever reason I'm separated from all of my bags, which includes all of everything I have, I've got 20 bucks, a credit card, and a USB stick with all of my ID on it, encrypted. Oh, my
1: gosh, you're so brilliant.
0: <laughs> and I also have a folder, uh, that I travel with all my important documents, copies of all my important documents, uh, in it as well. So I have multiple ways to access all of my information. Uh, should I need to, to have access to it in a pinch? Uh, and it was one of these photocopies from my documents wallet that, uh, that helped me to get my replacement passport. So if I'm traveling with somebody, Uh, I keep copies of all of their stuff and they keep copies of all of my stuff.
1: Brilliant. Wow. So, so
0: that definitely saved me in this, in this scenario. uh, And I was definitely grateful to have that. Is there anything that I learned from this scenario? Hmm. Well, uh, you know, the, no, (laughs) quite frankly, because I mean, I could say, well, don't trust strangers anymore, but but I don't think that that's, that's not a nice thing to learn. Uh, yes, I got taken advantage of, uh, and it was a really unfortunate circumstance all in all, including the emergency flights for me to get to Toronto, to get the emergency new passport, to get the new emergency flights down to Panama and the canceled flights that I initially was supposed to take. Plus the money that was stolen. It was like a $10,000 exercise so i call it the saga of my 10,000 dollar passport <laughs> in the article wow. on my site because yeah that's that's what it cost me uh it Ugh. cost me a lot of money so maybe something else to to say there is uh, make sure you've got an emergency stash you never know mm-hmm. when you're going to need it right so i did i had emergency funds that i could deal with this uh, set of circumstance uh expediently uh, and wow. it didn't it didn't kill me to do it uh, so I, I was prepared. I was able to take advantage of it. Uh, and quite frankly, misadventures tend to make for the best stories. And yeah. if I've entertained anybody here for even a short amount of time by the con man wanted by Interpol who stole my passport and a whole bunch of money, uh, then you know what? <laughs> Job all done.
1: <laughs> you know what? You had me at drop drawers to show my, my, <laughs> <laughs> my tramp stamp tattoo to prove that I'm Canadian. <laughs> oh, Canada. What a perfect way to end this season is with your drawers dropped Canadian flag on your back to prove that you are Canadian is no better way to prove that, you know, this is a Canadian show that we're Canadian. What a way to end this whole thing. This is fantastic. What a, what an incredible story and usual as usual, you, you don't, you definitely don't disappoint. <laughs> so um wow so, so just quickly so what kind of stuff lands you on Interpol my gosh like embezzlement maybe like like at least like theft of money that's well into the thousands like you know what i mean from several places from several places from several countries like i mean Interpol like That could even be murder. Like, who knows, like, on that kind of level. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy, right? And
0: this dude, so my partner at the time learned through his conversation with Interpol that this guy was on the make and he was really good at what he did. So, I mean, they, you know, like when they initially called and said, you know, we want to ask you about blah, blah, blah. He's like, I don't know who that is. And he said, Oh, uh, you know, so then the Interpol said, went through a list of names, a list of aliases that this guy had had and was on the run from. And then finally he came up with the alias that, that my partner recognized. So he had, this dude was a professional. He was, and he had, I mean, he was doing a very good job of evading the authorities and
1: hiding out in our place, who knew? No kidding, And, and also the ability to find the money that you have stashed, I mean, what kind of, yeah. like, can, he, can he sniff out money? What is he in? Like a bloodhound? <laughs> like, what, like, like you know what I mean? Like that skill too, like to be able to, uh, yeah, wow.
0: Yeah, the fact <laughs> that he found, the fact that he found those hiding spots was definitely telling. Uh, and also too, in retrospect, when I think about it, the degree to which he was able to um, to really endear himself to both me and my partner in very different ways. Like he endeared himself to my partner on a level that had he tried that with me would not have worked. Uh, And in turn, he endeared himself to me in a way that had he done that with my partner, it wouldn't have worked. So he really had that knack of being able to be whoever the person in front of him wanted him to be. Like this was, he was really talented. Um, But Uh, yeah, what did he do? Listen, whatever it was, it wasn't good.
1: My gosh. Okay. Okay. Wow! All right, <laughs> what what an incredible story, man. That's fantastic. I love it. I mean, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but I
0: mean, <laughs> yeah, sorry for your loss. But wow, wow.
1: <laughs> sorry for your loss, but that's entertainment, folks. <laughs> no, uh, uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that story, Nora. Um, and thank you so much for for we did five <laughs> five stories. Yep. Um, so you know, you guys who are listening to this you guys got to go over to her blog and you have to check out that section it's called travel isn't all roses and lollipops i believe is the name it's it's called yep Uh, because that's that's, that's what completely inspired me to kind of do this little thing with nora was that that post so if you ever get a chance go check that out and uh thank you so much for coming on the show now where can people find you
0: Just go to theprofessionalhobo.com and you'll find all the different residences I have online, including Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and more.
1: And more by more, she doesn't mean Instagram because she doesn't like Instagram. That's right. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Nora.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been a great season.
1: All right. Case closed. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget that you can listen to the show over at www.travelhorrorstoriespodcast.com. And if you're listening on your mobile device, please take a second to give the episode a five-star rating and leave a comment. It really helps the show and its episodes get discovered by more people. Plus your feedback will help me tweak and change the show to make it the best show on the internet. Yes. Cheers.